He did not speak of what had passed between us that one evening, and so perforce neither did I. From time to time I caught Saar watching me with troubled eyes, and from that I guessed she was not quite as indifferent to the situation as she pretended to be. But what could she do? The management of the household lay in her capable hands, but his lordship's heart was his alone to govern. Oh, we rubbed along tolerably. Mine was not a temperament much suited to brooding, and I had not grown up in a household with three sisters without learning a good deal about getting along, even when personalities clashed. Not that Theron Blackmore and I did much clashing. We spoke of the weather, of my painting, of the food Sar set before us, and not much more than that. The little bit of ground I had thought I gained the night of my birthday was long gone. Not that he did not show me courtesy. My painting of the valley of Lirensholm was framed and given a place of honour in the main hall, so that anyone entering would see it almost before anything else. This might have been more of a gesture if anyone except the same score of people had an opportunity to see it. My quiet home back in town seemed a veritable whirl of social gaiety compared to the stillness of Black's Keep. There were no visitors, and perhaps the maids chattered in the kitchens as they prepared the meals or sang as they swept the stairs, but if they did, I never heard them. Once I had thought all I needed was unlimited time to paint, but I began to realise even that was not quite the blessing I once deemed it. My parents had not possessed the resources to have us taught the harp or lute, and I had no voice for singing, so I could not use music to fill up some of the empty hours. Saar brought me embroidery silks, an elegant carved standing frame, and some fabric. I used that to while away the afternoons, even though I still disliked embroidery, and even though I couldn't help wondering whence came that frame, and whether it had belonged to one of Theron's erstwhile brides. The dreams of the stranger came to me at least once a week, and I continued on his portrait, although to what end I couldn't begin to imagine. The work went slowly, however, as each dream seemed to reveal a detail hitherto unnoticed, and I found myself continually painting over sections I had thought already completed. Once or twice I tried telling myself that I was being ridiculous, that I should abandon the thing and move on to something else. After a day or so of neglecting it, though, the dreams would return with even greater force, as if compelling me to return to the painting, as if trying to tell me I could not leave it undone. And so I always went back to it, despite my internal objections. His was not the only painting that occupied my time, of course. I dutifully painted the triptych of autumn ivy leaves I'd already planned, working quickly before the subjects of the paintings fell quite away from their vines. I tried to amuse myself with doing watercolour sketches of various members of the household. Melin quite blushed when I gave her the one I had done of her, while Saar only shook her head and attempted not to look pleased. "'And have you nothing better to do with your time than this?' she asked, although I thought she was rather tickled by the small portrait I had done of her. At the time I had only shrugged, but truly I really did have nothing better to do with my time. And then autumn was truly upon us. 
the dark hours colder and colder. A fire burned in my chamber night and day, and the gowns Malin or Sar laid out for me were no longer silk and linen, but wool and velvet. Frost shimmered in the dead grass, and I saw storm clouds gathering on the mountain tops to the north. Winter was not here yet, but it threatened. That was the way of things in our part of the world. The summer's glorious but too brief. Autumn, a burst of colour remembered before the long dark nights came upon us, and the snows wrapped everything in their solitude. A fire was lit in the great dining chamber where Theron and I took our evening meals, although it did not seem to help all that much, being situated at the far end of the room from the dining table. I wished I had the courage to wear a cloak to dinner, but the one time I had mentioned it, Sar gave me such a scandalized look that I promptly abandoned the notion.' 